103 miles between each other. You're listening to the fifth quarter podcast, episode three of the four season. Glad to have you with us here on this Friday, September the 17th. George Koff, Desmond McLaughlin with you as always. And we'll break down last week's action in college football and look ahead to the third week of this year's 2021 season. Before we do, Desmond, how are you doing on this Friday afternoon? Can't complain, George. No. NFL is back. Polish football is back. What's better than that? <laughs> Everything feels a bit, little bit more normal than it did this time yeah. last year. Yeah. Without a doubt. So uh, nice to have all it back. And, uh, you know, the MLB postseason coming up very soon. So the pennant race is heating up. And so is college football as we are approaching the final week of the non-conference schedules from most conferences. And next week, we'll get into a lot of big conference play, including a big AM arkansas matchup, which, of course, we'll mm. talk more about next week. But, you know, we'll see. Everything has to play out first this week before we can even get to what the implications are in that matchup. Before we do get to Texas A&M, we'll talk about Houston. And Desmond, get right into it. Let's do it, George. All righty. Um, you know, I think the big three storylines we have for our podcast this weekend, Desmond, is Houston bounced back in a good way. A&M struggled on the road and Texas is looking for answers. So yeah. let's start. Let's start with uh, the very beginning with Houston. Houston looked really good against Rice. And of course it is Rice, but I was, I was, I mean, I don't, no disrespect. Academically great school. Athletically football, not so much. And, and, you know, I think it showed what was it? Houston had a pick six to finish the game off. Yeah. I think it was like the final seconds. But offensive, defensively, Houston got everything they were looking for yeah. and, and did that to the best of their ability. What else did you have on that game? I mean, I just want to say, I guess you said, Rice is not one of the better schools, but it was still nice. A good pickup game for Clayton Toon to come back after that rough second half he had against Tech. Um, he even used his legs a little bit, you know. I think he rushed for almost 50 yards. Um, and of course, as she's a defense, they allowed what, only what, like 250 yards. Um, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Again, not one of the better teams, but a nice win to get under, under the belt and get ready for the next game against Camp Grandland State. Also, not a very good team, but I'll take the wins. <laughs> the well, wins. <laughs> you know, I think one of the big things, too, with these games back to back, we didn't know what we were going to get in that Houston-Texas Tech game. We didn't know if we were going to get a Houston right. that is prepared, that was prepared. And they were, you know, for the first 30 minutes. And then, of course, Texas Tech came back and scored the final 31. But yeah. now you got a chance to really see what your defensive and offensive scheming looks like. Rice, they did it perfectly. I mean, you can't, can't do it any better. Against Grambling State, we're going to see what they can do. And, of course, it's Grambling State. You know, it's not a bad team per se. But again, it's a chance to see what works, what doesn't, how does your playbook run, how Clayton yeah. Tune is going to, you know, how, how, how much of the playbook does he know, how much can he work with. As you get into American conference play where you're, you're at a position where, hey, we can compete with Cincinnati. We can p- compete with Tulsa, Tulane, SMU. Yeah. We can p- compete in the conference this year and not just be at the bottom of the, of the, uh, of the conference. Desmond, you mentioned it, 49 rushing yards for Clayton Toon. He only had eight incompletions, 73% completion uh, percentage, two touchdowns, 236 passing yards, a pretty good outing for him. And yeah. um, 
You mentioned it. Grambling State, really not that great of a team. Houston's definitely going to win this one. If they don't, then uh, they'll need to seriously re- rethink and go back to the drawing board. But um, <laughs> seriously, though, I mean, like that, if you lose to an FCS team, you're really struggling. And I don't think Houston's at that point. I think they're no. not, they're not at a point where they're going to struggle. I don't think they're going to be at a point where they struggle this season. I got 54 to seven is what I have. What about you, Tessman? I have 48 13, George. Oh, you got two touchdowns on that. I mean, Rice, Rice did score on them. I think maybe Grimmins can get them maybe touchdown, maybe two field goals. Yeah, I was, I'll say that Houston-Rice game looked really good to the first first quarter, mm-hmm. basically first quarter and a half. They, they looked pretty good. I mean, Rice, there's a reason why Rice had a, what, 21-7 to or 17-7 to lead on Arkansas. I mean, yeah. they, they can put good football together. I just, they can't do that for a full 60 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the difference between a good team and a great team, or even a mediocre team and a good team. Um, so 6 p.m. kickoff from TDECU Stadium in downtown Houston um, on ESPN+. And unfortunately, we cannot give you a spread because, well, they don't really do spreads on games like this. Now, if I had to guess, <laughs> it's probably going to be like a 35, 40-point spread for Houston. Yeah. So, um, odds makers take our advice, take the over and take the uh, spread, take Houston to cover. Um, but speaking of a team that did not cover Desmond, let's talk about what happened in Denver on Saturday. Um, first things first, I think I need to just say, you know, address the elephant in the room. AM was lucky to get a win, but I think they, it shows the difference between Kevin Sumlin and Jimbo Fisher. This is a Jimbo Fisher team that no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation, they'll hunker down and do what they have to do to get the win. On Saturday, it was the defense locking down every single possession except for one possession and doing their job and, and backing up that offense to eventually get on the board, which they did in the final two minutes and 40 seconds to take the ball game and win. Of course, you lose your starting quarterback and you think, well, that's, you know, that's one, you know, one check mark that, oh, this is going to be a really tough game. I still think that even if Haynes King had been in there, we were going to see a defensive showdown. I don't think this would have been a 24 to seven game like I predicted last week, which was um, something that, you know, we thought thinking Colorado, seeing where they were at. Colorado's a good team. They got a good front seven. They had a really good offensive line. I just think, you know, that defense eventually for a Texas A&M, it's the wrecking crew of old coming back and playing in this, in this you know, age of football. So I, I liked what I saw in the fourth quarter. Calzada, eight for 14 with 100 or so yards in that fourth quarter. I think that's going to be the Calzada we see this weekend. Um, but the biggest story, Desmond, Haynes King out for four to six weeks with a broken ankle. Uh, that puts his return somewhere between – October 16th or so, that's the Missouri game. That is the week after Alabama. So this is going to be a big test on how Zach Calzada can can play. We saw Calzada, according to Jimbo Fisher, in the fall camp that this was a very close quarterback competition and that Haynes King barely won. So I think with a week of practice, we'll see you know Calzada being able to run first team reps. It'll be interesting uh, to see what he does against New Mexico here tomorrow at Kyle Field. Any thoughts you had from this game? Obviously, 
not the biggest Texas A&M fan, but you had to be looking at it with a very interesting eye of, wow, 10 to 7. That's not what I expected against Colorado. No, you're right, George. My mom, of course, huge A&M fan, so we had the game on. And I was thinking, like, wow, who would have thought? But I think you did mention last week Colorado was not a team that you should, you know, sleep on as much. Uh, they fought very hard. Very good game. You know, props to them. It'll be interesting to see how AM is because I think last game AM kept it pretty close for the most part until they broke apart. So I think if they like really, they're sitting at the number five seed right here. If they want to keep that five seed, they not necessarily have to blow teams out, but you know, you don't want it to be this close. Again, as I always say, a win is a win. Um, but it'll be interesting, especially when they get into SEC play. And they play Alabama. I'm really, I'm really interested to see how AM's gonna turn out. Yeah, I think the big question is how can how much can you rely on this defense? How much can yeah. the defense mm. take you? Because you know, teams have had really good defenses, sometimes don't necessarily have the best quarterback play, but it has won championships. We look at I think the biggest example of that was 2010 Alabama, 2010 and 2011 Alabama. AJ McCarron was not the best quarterback. But you still had a really, really, really dominant defense. I think that was uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dix was on that team. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick was two, two, was later. But I'm trying to think who else was on that Alabama defense. Defense wins championships, George. Isn't that what they say? Exactly. You know, that, that's what they say. Uh, Donta Hightower, I think, was on that 2011 team. I think this is going to be a story to watch for because if you can – hold down or clamp down on defense against a team like Alabama, a team like Ole Miss, a team like, heck, a team like LSU, which we know defensively is going to be there on the other end. I think your offense can put enough points. It's like a, Desmond, it's like a pitching duel in baseball. You can have Clayton Kershaw. You could have Garrett Cole. You can have the best pitchers, Chris Sale. You can have the best pitchers in the league. But if you don't have just a little bit of offense, you're not going to win a game. You have to get at least one run. And I think that's going to be the way that the a team, you know, and how Jimbo and Mike Elko, how they scheme, how they, you know, switch the playbook for, from here on out is you've got to play where if you could get a touchdown, that might be enough. Two touchdowns might be enough. Yeah. I think going into SEC play, it's not going to be enough. You're going to need more like 17 to 20 points. But um, I think this is a, this is the right matchup this week with New Mexico. You get one more week before you have to start looking at SEC play in Arkansas. A chance to see what they've got next week in Arlington. Um, but the biggest thing for me, Desmond, AM's a 30-point favorite tomorrow, which I think is the big kind of question. Can they cover? Is Zach Calzada really going to show what he's got? And for me, I don't think it's going to be the, the most – to put it in quotes, sexy win. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, 50-yard bombs to Caleb Chapman for the touchdown. I hope maybe that happens. But um, I think the Aggies will cover, barely. And I think Calzada has a 300-yard game and no turnovers. Um, I like the Aggies to take this one 45-13. to 13. It's not the Very close to my score. Yeah, I think it's going to be real interesting. I initially had 34 to 13. I do think uh -huh. the Aggies will get over that 40-point mark. Um, but watch out for Terry Wilson, the third. He's New Mexico's quarterback. He was originally Kentucky's quarterback when they played AM 
two, three years ago here at Kyle Field, and he got locked down in rushing yards. AM only allowed four rushing yards. So we'll see what, what AM can do against Wilson the second time around. What about you, Desmond? Not agree, George. I had 45 to 10. I think there's some come out and just blow them out. I think every Aggie would like to see that, especially oh, yeah. give some oh, confidence, yeah. give some confidence to Calzada. 11 a.m. kick, early kickoff here from College Station on the SEC network. So get your coffee in, get your mimosas as that's where you're at, and uh, get things rolling for an early kickoff on Saturday. All right, Desmond, let's take a look around the state. Again, still looking for a name for this segment. That's catchy and fun. But uh, Baylor, UTSA, and Rice in Texas, the schools we're going to take a look at. And Desmond, Baylor, Kansas. Kansas coming off their first win in two years. They face a Baylor team that's still looking to define themselves. I think it's pretty pretty clear that they're going to – Baylor's going to go on the road and win. But I think the biggest storyline is what does Baylor's offense look like? Because we've been we've seen them do some really good things so far this year against lesser competition. But I think the question is, is what can they do against a team like uh, Kansas, where not the best Big 12, but certainly some competition there? George, Kansas has never really been a good football school. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be a blowout. Big troll shootout, 56-35. I think – I think Baylor Bears can get this done. Okay. Yeah. 35 to 17, Baylor. Um, I think it will be interesting, though. 230 kickoff on ESPN Plus um, should be interesting. All right, Desmond, Middle Tennessee and UTSA. Um, <laughs> look, look, I know you're probably like, why Why are we putting you on this one? Well, it's UTSA- because it's, your, it's, it's one of your small school candidates. Is that why, George? Potentially, potentially, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I will also say, I'm. I'm buying what the Roadrunners are selling in, in San Antonio. I think Coach Trailer, he's in his second year at UTSA. He was well known for being one of the greatest high school co- uh, coaches um, in the state of Texas at Gil- Gilmer High School. He, I believe, is the fourth winningest head coach ever in Texas high school history. Um, and to be able to translate that to the college level as an offensive coordinator at SMU to now being the head coach at UTSA. I think, I think he's doing really, you know, really big things for a young program that UTSA, they've only had football since 2011, Desmond, 2011, 2012. So um, I think this is a team that may have their best season yet. Um, and a program that really is looking for some success, which Desmond, there's talks that the UTSA may be entering the big 12 soon. Uh, big 12 may be re-expanding even more and the UTSA is in the talks. Um, so we'll see what happens, but um, I like UTSA on this one, 45 to 20. Um, I don't think it will be close. Yeah, George, I have 317. Most of it because you've been talking good about them. I might have to watch the wave. I might have to watch it, George. 5 p.m. ESPN Plus. UTSA is the 13-point favorite, so we both uh, look like we're going to take that cover um, there <laughs> for the Roadrunners. So, uh, meet me. You know, I think that's oh, what the Roadrunner does, yeah. Meet me. Uh, but finally, Desmond, in-state on in-state, the poor Rice Owls have to travel to, the, to Austin to take on the Longhorns. The Rice Band is not traveling, apparently, due to COVID concerns. They don't want to get COVID. Um, I think it's because they just really don't want to see Texas absolutely manhandle them. Coach Sarkeesian, <laughs> Coach Sarkeesian is 
uh, making a change at quarterback after the dismantling and abomination that happened in Fayetteville last weekend. Before we make score predictions, Desmond, and again, don't want to be negative on Texas because we both are not, you know, not really the biggest fans of Texas, but what is, what's, what's the big questions? What's the storylines that are causing Texas to really just, you know, maybe we bought too much into them week one, but they just did not, they looked like a completely different football team on Saturday last week. So what do they need to do to get back on the, on the right side of things and, and look like they can be a, a big 10, big 12 contender. George. It's the SEC, man. Welcome to the SEC, Texas. Like, this is what they do. I don't know. It could have just been a bad game. But as you said, they look completely different. And I don't know. If, I don't know if we truly bought into them. Like, what do you what do you mean by that? Because I wasn't saying like Texas is one of the better teams. I think I think we were talking about how actually they were lower ranked to start off, and we were wondering why they're lower ranked. And I think maybe we're seeing why they are lower ranked now. I mean, they're not even ranked this week, are they? No, they're not. And I think that's kind of the question is where do they, you know, we're still trying to figure out where they're at and maybe no, we haven't bought into them, but Texas is a, is a name brand in college football. Mm-hmm. It's like the Patriots, mm-hmm. right. In the Texas, NFL. Texas is back is what they say every year. Yeah. It, it, it's the same idea that how can you, you know, what is the status of Heck, I'm going to say it, and I'm probably going to get criticized for it, but heck, what's the, you know, what's the status on America's team? You know, it's like the Cowboys. Everyone's, you know, everyone wants to know what the Longhorns are doing. And I think that's why this Texas is back is always something prominent every year because everyone wants to know, is Texas back? Is this the year? Is this the year they get back to the national championship? And right now it's looking like no, but they have to put their, they have to get their offense back in check. They have to get their defense in check. Their defense, Desmond, allowed 350 yards on the ground last week. You, I mean, I guess the SEC, but you can't do that even in the Big 12. You can't allow oh, that no. many yards no. on the ground. Um, I think Rice is a really good opponent for Texas to find, you know, figure out what works. And again, we, we're not trying to hate on Rice. I'm just saying that Rice is not the best football school. Desmond's no. giving me this look that's like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I think I was reading a stat, Desmond. So this quarterback change, right? They're going mm-hmm. from Hudson Card to uh, Thompson, Casey Thompson. In the 10 possessions that Casey Thompson has been at the quarterback for since he's been at Texas, the Longhorns have scored on nine of the 10. Yo. <laughs> My question is, why was he not named the starting quarterback before? Before the season started? If you have a stat like that. I like, the Tom- I like Thompson to regain the uh, oh, the Longhorns focus, regain offensive um, positivity, 41 to 10 in Austin. Desmond, go. Texas just got manhandled by Arkansas. They, they're going to blow this team out just to make the fans happy and prove a point. I, I, 51 to 6. I, they're just going to – Georgia, I'm telling you, watch. Because everyone's talking, everyone's talking smack about – they're going to blow them out. Well, you know, if that Auburn-Penn State game is starting to get out of hand, I know what channel to turn to. I'll turn to the <laughs> Longhorn Network and see if Texas can easily cover the 26-point spread. But speaking of that Auburn-Penn State game and games to pick, Desmond, you are on fire to start the season. In El Fuego, uh, Desmond, your upset's 2-0. You're 2-for-2. Two two. 
Um, the only thing you're not so hot out right now is uh, your your underdogs. They've both lost. They did oh, not beat the spread. Yeah, yeah they I'm terrible at that. Yeah, so you did. Terrible. You have not. You have not beaten the spread yet. Um, <laughs> maybe this is the the, the week. No, it's, but, uh, it's not the week either. <laughs> we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out as we go through these games, and uh, we'll start with. Michigan State and the 24th-ranked Miami Hurricanes. Desmond, this one has been one that people have been talking about um, as far as upset watch, as far as um, just kind of an intriguing matchup. Michigan State, really good run game. Miami, De'Aaron King, they had to find their way and get a win against Appalachian State last week. Barely eked that one out. I don't like this game. I personally don't like this matchup. I think it's run versus run. And I don't think Miami's run game is that strong. Michigan State has the upper hand there. They haven't played since 1989. I like the Spartans. This is my upset of the week, Desmond. I like the Spartans to upset Derek King and the Hurricanes. 41 to 33. They get the win. George, you know, I you know I can't dethrone the king just yet. Come on. Now, this is risky. I'm gonna say gonna beat the spread. I believe it's like a Six point. Oh, That's correct. Miami's a six point favorite. I I'm I'm saying three in overtime. George, game winning field goal goes to Miami twenty seven twenty four. Okay, so you're saying that Michigan State will beat the spread. We'll cover. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Eleven a.m. on ABC. You can catch that one in case. And you know what? You can catch the ending if Desmond's correct, as the uh, A&M game has gone to a blowout, hopefully, uh, for those Aggies listening to this podcast, along with myself, um, hoping that that will be the case. Either way, should be a good one in Hard Rock Stadium. We move forward to what should have been a real interesting game on paper, and Desmond is just going to be a blowout. Let's just get to the cut to the chase. Nebraska and third-ranked Oklahoma, they're playing in Norman. This is a kind of, like, homage to 50 years ago they played one versus two game of the century in 1971 in the orange bowl it actually decided the national championship game um sorry nebraska you're just not a good team let's just let's just state the facts um 45 to 20 boomer sooner oklahoma wins yeah george 42 28 I wonder how many yards Spitzerella's going to put up this week. That's going to be a blowout. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be wild. Um, big noon kickoff game in Norman on at eleven a.m. on Fox. Oklahoma's a twenty-two point favorite. We'll see if uh, if Nebraska covers. I don't think so. Desmond may think so, but I don't think so. Um, all right, we're going to keep moving. And Desmond, our first real big SEC matchup. Alabama and Florida. And I think the key intriguing matchup here is the Crimson Tide are having the game plan for two quarterbacks and Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson is a guy who can just run. He's got speed for days. I think this is going to be a really on paper. This is not a good thing for Nick Saban. Nick Saban does not like dual threat quarterbacks. Go look at Johnny Manziel. Go look at Bo, uh, Bo Wallace from Ole Miss. Saban just does not do well with Deshaun Watson even does not do well with dual threat quarterbacks. I think he'll prevail here just because Bryce young is just a beast. He's Um, a beast. Yeah. He's that's just the best way to put it. It's closer than the experts think 41 to 31 Alabama. Yeah, George, as you you said, as I said in the past multiple times, 
as everyone knows, Alabama's always struggled against mobile quarterbacks. So I just think Florida's going to put up some points. Alabama's just a powerhouse, man. They're, they're, in my opinion, they're the clear favorites to win it this year. 31-20, they get the dub. 14.5-point favorite for the Crimson Tide. They make their first trip to Gainesville since 2011. That's the only big key there is maybe not used to that, that environment, but we'll see 2.30 on CBS. Could be a good one. All right, we t- move forward to a rivalry game, Desmond. It's called the Black Diamond Rivalry, and that's Virginia Tech and West Virginia. The reason why it's called Black Diamond is they, that's a very critical area for coal mining. So another name for coal is a black diamond. And it will take place in Morgantown, West Virginia, for the first time since 2005. West Virginia is looking for their first win in the rivalry since 2003. Virginia Tech is ranked in Desmond. They've kind of surprised a lot of people early here. Not many people thought that Virginia Tech would have that type of defense that they have shown so far this season. I think the Hokies continue their winning ways. I like them to take this one 34-28. Closer than the experts think. Yeah, George, I have Virginia Tech win this one 28-23. I think it's going back and forth. But Virginia Tech's going to get the win. Yeah, it should be a good one on FS1. Again, another 11 a.m. kick. A lot of really good games in that 11 a.m. window. Um, that should be interesting to at least keep your eye on uh, throughout the day. All right, college game day. Traveling to the whiteout at Penn State for what should be a probably one of the most anticipated non-conference matchups of the year so far, Auburn and Penn State. This is Auburn's first trip to a Big Ten school since 1939. Desmond, the SEC was not even formed when Auburn made their trip to a Big Ten school my, last my year. Dad, my dad was born in 1939. There you go. So, so uh, a lot of things have happened since then. The only good thing about Auburn, they've been averaging. They're the number one score in the FBS football right now, Division One football. 61 points per game is what they're averaging. Now, granted, they've played Akron and Alabama A&M. Kind of uh, two teams that you should score 60 points on. That being said, Bo Nix is a completely different character on the road. He's not great. He's never been great on the road in his career. Um, I like Penn State and the whiteout. The whiteout conditions are some of the toughest to play in college football. I think Penn State gets it done. I don't think it's I, I don't think it is close. 31 to 21. Auburn maybe have will have the football at the end to have to make it a, a close, interesting game. But on Saturday night football, game days in town, don't root against Penn State. We are Penn State. 31-21, Nittany Lions. Yeah, George. Penn State's just a different team when they have their wide out on. I love that tradition so much. Um as I said, Bo Nix, very inconsistent. Penn State's going to win this one 34 28. Yeah, that wideout conditions, at some point, I've got to make it it's, down. That's there. so sick, man. I mean, it, it's something that is, I mean, it's just as good as the wave at Iowa. I don't know if you know about the, yeah. that tradition at the end of the first quarter. I was going to say, they're, they're the ones that they wave at the uh, children's hospital. hospital. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like that one too. The. Uh, the whiteout, I'm trying to think of even other ones. Maybe just like the when they do the checkered out at Tennessee. Yeah. Um, that's really cool too. But there's the whiteout at night in at Penn State on a clear evening. I mean, with 100,000, 105,000 fans or whatever it is, there's nothing like it. That's college football wrapped up in a bow. 
And that's coming yeah. from an A&M fan where or A&M student and fan where tradition is king in college station. Like that is, you know, nothing. They, they do it right up there. It's state college. Five point favorites for the Nittany Lions. 630 kick at A on ABC. All right, Desmond, two more games to get through here. Purdue and Notre Dame. Interesting matchup between two undefeated teams. They haven't played each other since 2007. It is actually a rivalry game between these two schools. A lot of uh, they're both in Indiana, so there you go. Hence the reasoning. Um, I think Notre Dame's good. Um, I think they're just better talent wise. I don't. I'm not going to discount or discredit Notre or P- Purdue. I think Purdue will compete for themselves, but Notre Dame wins this one by three, 33 to 30. Yeah, I know Dame winning, not as close. I have 31-10. Give me some Irish, baby. 1.30 p.m., NBC. Go check it out there. Notre Dame's the seven-point favorite. We'll see if they cover or not. All right, Desmond, Arizona State and BYU. This is one of those late-night games, 9.15 p.m. ESPN kickoff. Top 25 matchup between these two teams in Provo, Utah. Arizona State's look really good. Um, but BYU, they, they've surged into the rankings. And, you know, I think a lot of people had questions on whether or not they were going to be able to continue the success after their, you know, quarterback, Zach Wilson, gets drafted second overall. You know, and they've kind of shown they can do that. They beat Utah, a pretty good Utah team last week. And um, for me, I'm buy, buying high into them. I like the Utah or I like BYU to uh, beat Arizona State. This is not my upset pick. This is my underdog pick. I think BYU, even if BYU doesn't win, they're going to cover the four-point spread that Arizona State supposedly is favored by. So uh, go Cougars. What about you, Desmond? Well, George, 2-0. BYU, I'll be 3-0. This is my upset pick of the week. Okay. 24-17. Let's keep the win streak going, baby. I told you, I said last year, my, my upset picks, not so good. This year, I'm being very picky. <laughs> All righty. Desmond trying to make it three for three with three top 25 teams doing the upset business. So uh, we'll see if he is right. You'll have to tune in next week to find out. You'll also have to tune in next week to find out who does my pick for our small schools. And Desmond, you were kind of talking about it earlier. Uh, I am thinking about UTSA as my uh, small school. I'm also looking at Charlotte. University of North Carolina at Charlotte. Um, but I'm also looking at Tulane. Tulane's had this interesting season so far with Hurricane Ida, and they've had to go on the road, and, and, and they're practicing in Alabama right now. I'm not choosing any yet. I got one more week, and on uh, Thursday next week, you'll find out who uh, who we got. So, uh, Desmond, what about you? What are you looking at so far? I, would, I was going to say Tulane. That was one of them. Also, I was going to say <laughs> – I don't know why. Just I was gonna say Abilene Christian because okay. I have a couple people who who go there. I was like, might as well show some support for them. Um, you know, it's just, it's just interesting to find out about schools you don't really hear a lot about. Absolutely. I, um, back back at Tech, I used to meet people from there all the time, so I was like, hey, might as well. So you'll you'll have to find out who uh, Desmond and I settle up on uh, next week. But uh, yeah, that's all we got here for this episode three and of this fourth season of the podcast keep tuned in and if you have any questions feel free to let us know the q5 podcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on twitter and instagram at 
the 5Q podcast. We'll love to take your advice, questions, suggestions. We're always looking for new topics and things to talk about and get us a, find us up on, on, on uh, those platforms and start, start a, I guess, interacting with us. We'd love to have those interactions, but signing off here on this Friday, enjoy your college football weekend. And we'll be back to talk more about it next week. For Desmond McLaughlin, I'm George Koff signing off for the Fifth Quarter Podcast. Take care. So long and adios.